You are listening to Keystone Stock Talk Podcast, Episode 21. In light of this week's 2017 Canadian budget release and ballooning deficit, I will start with a bit of a rant on political promises and accountability. In our Your Stock, Our Take segment, we take a question from a listener about Dynacor Gold Mines, Inc., DNG on the TSX, an unconventional gold company which produces gold and silver from the processing of purchased ore in Peru. We let you know if the stock is a buy or sell this week. Our star of the week is Dominion Diamond Corporation, DDC, on the TSX, a Northwest Territories-based diamond miner which jumped this past week after it received an unsolicited takeover bid. Our dog of the week is a former star, which we recently sold for a 200% gain in our Canadian small cap research, High Arctic Energy Services, HWO on the TSX. It dropped 8% this week and is down over 15% from recent highs. Now, if this is your first time listening, then thanks for stopping by. This podcast is produced every week for your enjoyment, and show notes are found at www.keystocks.com. We encourage you to come back often, and feel free to add the podcast to your favorite RSS feed or on iTunes. You can also follow us on Twitter, at Keystocks, and on Facebook. Now let's dig into the show. I would like to welcome again my co-host, Keystone's senior equity analyst, a father of one, and a man who is so inspired by the federal liberals' budget deficit and $15 billion overspend announced this past week that he promptly declared to his wife there is no longer a need for him to worry about his spending habits as their budget will balance itself. Mr. Aaron Dunn. Hello, Ryan. How are you doing today? Doing very well. Doing very well. You know, before we before we go forward here, I'm going to have to correct you uh, just to, to start off the show. High Arctic Energy we sold it for a 200% gain in the small cap and the dividend growth stock research. Ah, uh, yes. It was in both our areas. Also in our TFSA portfolio. So I'm going to add the, uh, the third level there. We, we really loved the company. It did well for us over uh, an extended period and uh, provided our clients with good gains. And we took some profit off there. And we may look back into the company at some point down the road. And we'll talk about that today. I'd also Absolutely. like to say, I'd also, sorry, I'd also like to say that um, you're going to be on Money Talks uh, Saturday on the 25th of March this weekend around 9.05 Pacific. Uh, should be a great segment at all, as always, and we look forward to hearing you on there. It is. Well, I'm super excited about this, uh, this segment on Money Talks because we're going to talk about our DIY do-it-yourself investment seminar with Keystone Financial, and it's been a... It's been a long time in the making of this. I think a lot of people have asked us for it, but we're putting together two-hour seminar, one here in Vancouver and one in Calgary as well, um, where we're basically going to teach people how we look at stocks and and try and give them the tools to be able to find solid companies like like High Arctic and, and many of the others that we've, we've recommended in the past. Yeah, and that's coming up on April 4th and April 11th. April 4th is in Vancouver. April 11th is in Calgary. You can go to directly to keystocks.com on the front of our website there and click uh, to uh, attend the conference. That's for We're looking for new potential uh, clients to attend that seminar. Learn to build a simple stock market portfolio to crush the market. Uh, some of the highlighted topics we're going to look at is how many stocks should I own, what stocks should I buy, when to buy, perhaps most importantly, when to sell. And we're going to look at insight into our methodology 
on how we build these portfolios and how we find the companies that we look for. Yeah, absolutely. And it's, it's, it, we've always said it in the past. It's, it's, we can put out the best research, but it always helps when the people that are using the research understand it as well as they can. And you don't necessarily have to be an expert, but it helps if you understand the way we go about our strategy and, and, and what we look for in companies and, and what we, perhaps most importantly, what we look for to avoid. Yeah. And one of the things we look for in companies is accountability. If they come out with uh, earnings promise of uh, 10% gain this year, we want them to hit or beat that. And that's going to segue into our next segment, which is a bit of a rant that I have about accountability in politics. One of Justin Trudeau's primary election promises was to run, and I'm going to quote him here, a modest short-term deficit of less than $10 billion for the, each of the first three years the Liberals were in power, and then a balanced budget by 2019. Trudeau also went on to famously say in his campaign that the budget would then essentially balance itself. Now, if I said that to my accountant or in my household, I would likely at best receive a very strange look or be promptly bludgeoned and forced to run out of the room. Now, some believe the promise helped the Liberals win the 2015 election. It could also have been just a time for change from a long-term conservative run in power. I'd also like to make an aside here. I owe, I really enjoy the terms modest and $10 billion in the same sentence at once, but let's look to see if Trudeau has delivered on his budget promises. The actual deficit in 2016 was not $10 billion. It was $23 billion. The projected deficit we learned this week for 2017 is not going to be $10 billion as promised. It is $25.5 billion as projected now. And you get the picture here. The projected deficit for 2018 is not going to be $10 billion. It is going to be $24.4 billion. There's also now a zero realistic time frame on a balanced budget. Yes, we should be saying come again. It has not balanced itself. It's very curious. But, I mean, really what this equates to is a 130% overspend in 2016, a 155% overspend in 2017 projected, and a 144% projected overspend in 2018. Again, the plan for a balanced budget has just been swept under the rug. The budget also has little tax breaks for regular Canadians or businesses. Now, in fact, public transit users and those who want to have a beer after work are now paying more under this budget. There are many Canadians, though, that would flatly say those evil corporations should never get a break. They make gobs of money and are disgusting, frankly. The fact is we analyze thousands of companies each year that are run by very good people that start small and now employ millions of Canadians. They create good jobs with great salaries and benefits each day and pay a buttload of taxes. Trust me, we look at the financial statements. Those who paint all these businesses with this type of rhetoric should give their heads a shake. Seriously, be careful what you wish for, particularly in this environment. Now, from a small to large business perspective, this budget has done basically nothing to address what is a very competitive world environment that would likely see our neighbors to the south give their businesses, both tiny and large, and I'm going to quote the Donald here, a huge competitive tax advantage with lower tax rates across the board. Now, look, if there's a financial calamity happening here, such as the 2008 financial crisis, Running a deficit, a significant deficit, could be more than justified. 
but that is just simply not the case. Nominal GDP in the fourth quarter of 2016 rose 7% annualized. That's the best since the first quarter of 2013. In 2016 as a whole, real GDP came in at a modest 1.4%, while nominal GDP was up to 2.1%, but both are improving from the prior year's pace. So the picture that we're painting here is not an economic environment in dire straits. Now, to me, it looks like a federal government that does not have a revenue problem. There's no need for more taxes. They have a spending problem. While the conservative government under Harper ran a bud balanced budget in at least one of the years it was fa and facing far worse economic conditions, the sad thing is there that the overall budget running record of his government was not much better. One of a government's basic responsibilities is to take money in through taxes and responsibly manage and spend those dollars efficiently and effectively. No society will survive or thrive in the long run if you can continually spend more than you take in. It is irresponsible and short-term thinking. We are burdening our children with too much debt. This is plain and simple. Now, our Prime Minister calls us, calls us all the time a rich society. Now, I ask you, how rich are we if we keep spending more than we take in? Now, if my business continually spends more than it takes in, it soon goes bankrupt. The same can be said for my household and yours. We all have to live within a budget and live up to our promises in that regard or we face personal bankruptcy and the, re the reality that we would not be able to put food on the table for our families. From a monetary perspective, it would be wise to start looking at our country from a more business-like perspective or at the very least in the same manner each individual Canadian family has to look at their family and live within their own means. If, as a country, we are not taking in enough money to fund a special interest project, we cannot pay for it. If I cannot afford a new TV or a vacation to Hawaii, my family does not go. Apparently, politicians live in an alternative reality. Canadians should demand more from their politicians, particularly more accountability. Yeah, it's 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 really it, it shouldn't come as any surprise because really the the liberals and this is the this is one of the things that I was concerned about at election time is that they were really elected with a mandate to spend and and to go into debt and it seemed to it seemed that that's what people wanted but it's it's really it's 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 a focus on balancing the budget it's that's what that's what separated Canada from the rest rest of the world in the past that's why in two thousand eight. Um, we didn't get as hard hit, and our banking sector did not get as hard hit as uh, as as other as other countries around the world because we we were just more prudent when it came to balancing the budget and and you know regulating certain industries and um, and and focusing on being economically responsible. And it it seems now the attention is being diverted away from that, and 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 the idea of of running a deficit every year is now much more acceptable than it was say. Uh, before 10 years ago. Yeah, and one of the biggest measuring sticks, a lot of people look at uh, your dollar as a measuring stick for the balance sheet or the state of the, um, the state of the outlook on a country, and we can see that the Canadian dollar has slumped significantly uh, over the past couple of years. Uh, now we're going to look at our, our Your Stock, Our Take segment. This is sent in by 
uh, one of our listeners, and we encourage you to keep sending in your stocks. It's an interesting, unique company this week. It's Dynacor Gold Mines, DNG on the TSX. I'm going to have you take that over, Aaron. Sure. Okay. So Dynacor Gold Mines, uh, as as the name obviously implies, it's it's a gold mining company, and as you said, Ryan, it's it's unconventional as well. So what they do is they purchase their ore from government registered ore producers um, for various regions in Purdue in Peru, and then process it through their wholly owned mill facility, um, also in Peru, and that's essentially how they make money. Beyond that, they also have properties. They have uh, the potential for they say that they have the potential for commercial extraction of gold and other precious metals and they also own rights to uh, three mining properties which are in the exploration stage so uh, this is a profitable company so that's that's a great sign for the third quarter that they recently reported the company uh, produce had reported gold production of just over 19,000 ounces compared to 15,000 for the third quarter of last year for the first nine months of the year Gold production was 52,000 ounces compared to 47,760 in the same period last year. So good growth in production. Um, for EBITDA for the quarter, earnings before interest taxes, depreciation, and amortization, essentially like an operating earnings, uh, the, the EBITDA was $3.2 million in the quarter compared to one point seven. So excellent growth, excellent growth there. And for the nine months of the year, uh, EBITDA was $7.7 million compared to $6.3 um, so this was this was a, a record uh, quarter of gold production for the company, and um, uh, essentially what they're what they're looking at right now is is the way that they're seeing the company in the future is that they're embarking on a on a new era, and they're actually targeting the the best year that they've ever done in 2017, and they're they're looking at 88,000 to 92,000 ounces of gold. So the gold production target for 2017 is based on the current price of gold and and operating conditions. The processing rate will increase in 2017 as the company steps up their their plant's processing capacity to 360 tons per day. So what is Keystone's take on this company? Well, one thing that we love is is 20 22 consecutive quarters of profitability. So that's that's something that we really love. Uh, it's it is a, a solid business and it's trading at a valuation enterprise value to EBITDA of 9.5 times. So this is this is not particularly cheap, but it but it is reasonable as well given some of the unique characteristics of it. Uh, the company is looking for a solid uptick in terms of of its processing. Like I said in 2017, so with some growth, we'll see that valuation. They can grow into that valuation. It is a slightly lower risk investing option for people in the gold market, say compared to, to somebody who's actually operating their own mine. Um, but it also may not have some of the same upside as, as the higher risk companies in the gold market as well. So overall, I would say that this is a decent speculative option for high risk investors who want to get exposure to to gold in a unique manner. Um, I, I would obviously put it inside of a diversified portfolio and would not overweight uh, to a company like this too much due to the risk. Yeah, I think it's a great summary. I think it's a unique company, um, has some speculative value. I mean, we are not uh, not very high uh, long-term on gold, junior gold companies as, a, as investments, just generally at Keystone. Uh, we see better, more productive means and places to put our money, but um, there are uh, a lot of individuals who like to look at this segment, and this is a unique way to look at uh, and get exposure to gold. Now, overall, if gold does tremendously well, a company like this probably does quite well. And if gold does poorly, 
know, this company may not do as poorly as some of the other gold producers out there, but it's not going to do uh, that well in your portfolio. So it's going to follow the price of gold to a large degree. Unfortunately, what we see sometimes with with gold companies is when the price of gold goes up, the the share prices do not, and when the price of gold goes down, the share prices go down. So, especially long term, yeah. I mean, if you look long term, that 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 is an issue with these companies because they have mine and company specific risk too. Yeah, and that's one of the reasons why we're 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 not that excited about about sectors like mining and, and yes. oil and gas because they're so commodity price sensitive, but. From our Stars and Dogs segment, it's time for this week's Star. Now, our small cap Star of the Week, uh, or our Star of the Week generally, is Dominion Diamond Corporation, DDC, on the TSX. It's a Canadian diamond mine company with ownership interest in two major producing diamond mines. Both mines are located in the Northwest Territories in Canada, company operates the Akati Diamond Mine, in which it controls, owns a controlling interest and also owns 40% of the Diavac Diamond Mine. It supplies premium rough diamond assortments to the global market through sorting and selling operations in Canada, Belgium, and India. The stock jumped 43.3% this week. At the start of the week, uh, the Washington companies disclosed an all-cash proposed offer to acquire Dominion Diamond Corporation for $13.50 U.S. per share. It's about a $1.1 billion proposal. Now, the Washington companies are a privately held group of North American mining companies, industrial and transportation businesses founded by industrialist and entrepreneur Dennis R. Washington. Now, the transaction would, they'd acquire all the shares in an all-cash transaction, and it represents about a 36% premium to Dominion's closing stock price on March 17th, and a 54% premium to the price uh, when discussions ended. They had discussions prior to this on March 15th. Like I said, prior to the unsolicited solicited offer, while negotiations had been ongoing, the talks broke off. Uh, as a formal offer to either Dominion or shareholders was not made uh, by Washington, and they were at odds over the conditions of the offer, and there's a number of other things that the, both parties were at odds over. Dominion Dining, Diamond ha- Corp has confirmed that it received, obviously, an unsolicited takeover offer from the Washington companies. There are analysts out there speculating that Dominion Diamond is now fully in play and other suitors may appear. There's been speculation that Rio Tinto, RIO, and the New York Stock Exchange could be another logical suitor, but again, that is pure speculation. Now, the 40-plus percent rise does give Dominion Diamond our coveted status as our star of the week. And I'm going to let Aaron talk about our dog of the week. From our Stars and Dogs segment, it's time for this week's dog. Okay, so our dog of the week is High Arctic Energy Services, HWO, on the TSX. The stock lost 8% on the week and is off just under 20% from recent highs. At one point, it had dropped 15% on the week before recovering. This is a company that we're very familiar with. In fact, it had been a strong performer in our focus buy portfolio for our small cap research and our hybrid portfolio for our dividend stock research. And this was in a weak, a weak oil market over the, past, uh, over the past several years. It still performed very well. We recently recommended selling positions in the stock when the shares were at uh, the 6 
$1.20 range, providing gains of over 200% since our original recommendation to clients. So what, what led to the drop this week? Well, it was the fourth quarter results. Um, well, revenue for the fourth quarter increased 7% to $62 million from 58 in the same quarter last year. Uh, adjusted EBITDA actually declined 12% to $18.3 million from 20.8 in the fourth quarter last year, and the drop was due to reduced activity from high Arctic's drilling services segment. So the drop in EBITDA near term um, was part of the reason we recommended selling the shares and crystallizing our excellent profits. For its industry, we, we, we still think that High Arctic is doing a, a really good job of managing through a tough period, and, hold, and it does hold one of the best balance sheets in its segment. But we don't see the need for, for a lot of energy exposure right now, um, given the recent pullback in oil prices and the low activity levels that we're seeing in the sector in, in Western Canada and throughout North America. We also note that management appears to be eager to continue its acquisition path and may look to add another Canadian service business over the near term. They, they did a, a major acquisition for them about a year ago, and they'll probably do another one soon, or they'll be looking to do another one is what we think. Um, so this may be a long-term positive for the company, but if you're in the camp that believes that energy prices are going to recover soon, but in the near term, um, I would say that acquiring another service company that is going to likely have low utilization is going to just continue to re reduce the margins for, for high Arctic overall. So we'll continue to monitor the stock again for potential entry points when oil recovers, but um, right now we don't see any sustainable indicators of that, so we're, we're just going to stay on the sidelines. Yeah, and, I, and we're very happy with the gains we made in the company. It's, uh, it's a great story of, of a company. That we, it's actually a good company, and uh, finding the right time to sell a good company is often difficult, and in the near term, it looks like we've been able to achieve that here, and uh, we may look at getting back into the story at some point, but that will be based on the fundamentals at that time, and we'll continue to monitor it going forward. And I'll say you never go broke taking a profit. Especially 200%. No, you're never going to no. go broke doing that. It's a great point. Um, now I'm going to remind everybody again as we close the show off uh, to Aaron will be on Money Talks uh, Saturday, March 25th. Uh, 9.05 Pacific time. Uh, you can go to www.cknw.com or moneytalks.net and uh, view that or listen to it on the archives. We'll send it out to everybody on our podcast list as well um, on Monday so you can view, listen to it that way. Uh, also, if you're interested, if you're not a client already and want to come out to one of our upcoming seminars in Vancouver or Calgary, Vancouver is on April 4th. Calgary is on April 11th. Go to www.keystocks.com. Click on the register at the front of the site, and uh, it's $19.95 to attend that. That is just to reserve your seat. That can actually be used as a credit against your subscription or of any of our services going forward. We encourage you to come out to that event. Clients will, Current clients will actually receive a on-demand video of that uh, right after the event so uh new clients we encourage you to come out thank you very much and profitable investing thank you profitable investing